go. So, Greg, why do you want to do this interview? <laughs> because uh, you asked me to, and you seem like an interesting person who's up to something interesting. So okay. I guess it's just a, a question of um, intrigue. Thank you very much. I hope, I hope the intrigue um, lives up to your expectations. How would you define a maverick? Well, uh, someone who has a James Garner air about them. Okay, explain. Well, James Garner was the original maverick on television. That's right. And uh, I always thought, that, well, you know, as a child, I watched that show. Mm -hmm. and, and he defined the concept of a maverick. So a maverick is a gambler, right? Okay. A maverick is charming. A maverick um, is doing things out of the ordinary and doing sometimes extraordinary things in order to get what they want. So, you know, it's not a bad archetype, the, no. uh, the original maverick. It's wonderful that you should say that because most, well, a lot of the examples have been Top Gun. So it's, this is the first time somebody says James Garner, so interesting. So why do you think you're a maverick? Well, I think to some extent people are born mavericks or they're not born mavericks. I always had trouble um, from early, the earliest days conforming to rule structures. Okay. And so... Um, I think some people learn to conform, and mm -hmm. then they just stay that way. Right. And I think some people are, are born to conform, and so, it, you know, that's what they do throughout life. Right. And I think other people uh, are not born to conform, and even though society works very hard to get them to conform, they only do it when they have to, um, and I'm one of those people. Okay. Okay. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements, Greg, and, I, and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. Okay. People tell me that I'm a maverick, or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people. Uh, undecided. Okay. I have very unusual talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people. True. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. So why do you do things differently? Because that's the more interesting way to go about things, in my view. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's, it's a broad question. But, um, well, f you know, for instance, I'm a, a, a public speaker. And I put my shingle out there as a professional public speaker. Okay. And most people in that industry, so to speak, have a certain way of approaching marketing. Okay. Uh, you know, and people have very highly polished images and very highly polished materials, and their marketing is very self-promotional. Okay. 
and I rebel against that, even though I really love public speaking and I want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. My marketing is more grassrootsy and more personal and more, I think more authentic. And so I think that's different than 95% of the folks that are in that niche. Okay. That makes sense. That's a really good example, actually. Is what you do equated to the bottom line, so money, or something else? I think it's equated to money uh, and the bottom line, but I, I think it's also something else. And what is that something else? I guess the word would be spirit. Can you elaborate? Sure. Um I think, you know, my message in life and as a professional person has to do with creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. And at the heart of creativity, which is at the heart of innovation, I believe there's something akin to the soul or spirit. And so therefore, the something else that you asked about has to do with connecting people to their own spirit. Completely concur with you, Greg. Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your own life? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I believe that nearly everyone, even even people who are relatively conformist, um, are suspicious of authority Mm -hmm. or or resent directly resentful of authority. And you know, it's been my. Um, experience in work and in life that when people have authority over you it's not usually wielded in a what a benign or helpful way it's usually usually less than helpful and usually less than benign and it drives me crazy to have people tell me to do things that I believe are either stupid or wrong yes Yes. Or, or just not the best way to go about things. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, mindsets? And if so, what are they? Well, I guess at the heart of it, it's, it's problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to do something differently, you have to understand how it's being done now. Yes. And then you have to see another way to go that would improve upon the original process. Okay. So that's a pro- that's a problem solving method, if you okay. will. Yeah. What are the challenges to being a maverick? I guess the, the there are many, but uh, I guess the one that comes to mind first is just loneliness. It's really when, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, yeah, just to elaborate on that a little yes. bit, um, that's okay. Yeah, I, please do. Yeah, I'm, I think loneliness is something that everybody, every human confronts, but I think Mavericks confronted more than typical because they isolate themselves, not deliberately, but through their actions and yes. behaviors. Yes. And so, you know, you often wake up in the, in the morning alone or you find yourself going to bed at night alone. And one of the reasons is it's because you insist upon doing things differently, you know, all the time. <laughs> yes. And unless you're fortunate enough to meet someone who actually admires that about you. 
Well, that happens yeah. now and then, well, yeah. thankfully. <laughs> yeah. I've interviewed um, your number 53, and um, a lot of my Mavericks have been fortunate enough to have that person, so I'm really pleased about it. But I've also spent time with the ones who tell me they're lonely, really lonely. And if they're local, you know, if I go for a hike, I invite them along because I know they probably haven't had anybody around them for the whole week. Interesting. What, what aspects of your character influence your Maverick approach, Greg? Aspects of my character? Because all the Mavericks well, have different personalities, so what is it about your character that affects it? Yes, well, I don't know what, if it's the, my character affecting my Maverickism or my Maverickism affecting my character, yeah. but... Um, you know, I do have a very, I think, strong moral sense, mm -hmm. uh, a sense of right and wrong, a sense of justice, and um, one of the things that invokes my desire to do and be different has to do with trying to um, rebalance a justice scale. Right. So there is that. Um, I don't know. I think at the heart of it, I have a lot of empathy for people, and I don't know if that affects my maverickism or is something that makes my maverickism more f more painful. Okay. Okay. You've already answered my next question, which was, are you born or bred a maverick? So my next question is, do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick? Yes. Uh, in a word, yes. Um, I was raised in a very highly structured environment mm -hmm. and by very strict parents. Okay. And the combination of the, the school system I was involved in and my parents being good parents, but, but very highly structured uh, parents, mm -hmm. was something that gave me pause even as a very young person. It, it was something that I... I didn't like much, and I was always curious as to what was around the corner I wasn't yes. allowed to go around. Okay. So it, it developed a curiosity in me that um, that maybe I wouldn't have had otherwise. Okay, okay. Were your parents Mavericks? Um, one was and one wasn't. Okay. Which one um, was? My mother was uh, the non-Maverick. Okay. Um, my father was definitively a maverick, although my father, uh, like many people, was mm -hmm. forced to sort of put that into a corner uh, right. much for much of his life. But he was, uh, at heart, um, a true maverick. Okay, interesting. How would you describe your energy? Right this second? No, just generally, how would you describe your... Are you high energy? Are you low energy? I think I'm high energy. Um, I do have periods where, um, where I'm not, okay. uh, where I'm sort of kicking back and trying to, to accumulate energy, if you okay. will. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. How do you see rules, Greg? How do I see rules? I see rules, generally speaking, as optional. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I respect rules and I respect structures and I respect laws, but I, I do look at them pretty carefully because sometimes I realize that laws are only there for the convenience of others and, and have nothing to do with 
the safety of others or nothing to do with the, the common good. Okay. And, I, you know, I see some of those rules as unnecessary, and the ones that I can safely ignore, I do okay. safely ignore. Makes sense. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business, or was there a particular trigger? Um, generally, yes, I've always taken a maverick approach, although early on I made best efforts to conform because at the lower end of the, the ladder, mm-hmm. of, if you will, uh, you almost, you have to, you're an operational person, so there's not much room for, for creativity and rule breaking, even productive rule breaking. Okay. But, but even, even when I had fairly low level jobs, I was always finding what different ways to go about them and, and sort of small level innovation or something. Okay. I you- did naturally. Okay. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times and why? I would say I choose Mm -hmm. because there are times when it's not appropriate. Okay. And do you turn the dial on your maverickism level up and down? Yes. Um, It really depends on context. Um, I once heard the definition of the word hip. Okay. You know, that, that hipster yeah, yeah. hipster lingo, yeah. uh, somebody's hip. And, and the definition I heard was, a hipster is somebody who is appropriate. Right. And so, maverickism, to me, being a maverick is about being hip, and it's about being appropriate. There are times and contexts where that call for um, maverick behavior, and there are times that don't. The difference yes. between me and um, and just a, a, a lawbreaker mm-hmm. or someone who um, is a troublemaker for troublemaking's sake Same. is yeah. that I don't I don't make trouble to make trouble. I yeah. make trouble to improve something. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and is this choice, the, the switching it on and off and turning the dial up and down, is that a conscious or unconscious decision? Generally conscious. Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Uh, well, the advantages, to start with a positive, are that if you have a fairly broad domain, knowledge domain. Um, In other words, if you know some things, Mm -hmm. then you can connect dots that other people aren't even seeking to connect. So being a maverick in business means you're sort of a, a, you're thinking like an innovator all the time. Yes. Um, Thinking like an innovator means you're seeking change, you're seeking, seeking challenges, you're seeking solutions to those challenges and and that is a kind of, in the best set of circumstances, that's an always-on sort of situation. Okay. And so for me, and for me, that's natural for me. So it is always on. Uh, so that's a big advantage because you know I find solutions and opportunities where other people don't. Um, now the disadvantages are it's very difficult to work for someone. Yes. Um, because because generally speaking, and the bigger the organization is, the more likely this is true, mm-hmm. people are seeking to be operationally efficient. 
and they're not seeking change. They're seeking to run the railroad on time. Yes. And 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 that's what the focus is on. And so um, when the focus is on operational efficiency and running the train on time, they don't want to hear about this radically new and risky way that you might do something. Okay. Yeah. That I I I can appreciate that. Has has Asian experience altered your Maverick approach? If so, how have you grown? Oh. <laughs> Um, yes, it has altered my approach, uh, over time because, you know, when I was young, I suppose that part of the Maverick thing was less conscious and was more fueled by maybe anger, mm -hmm. deep seated anger towards, you know, the society and people and resentment of authority and so forth. Whereas as time went by and I resolved those challenges in my, my personality and in my psyche, yeah. Um, and learn more, simply learn more about various things, um, both professional and personal. Um, you make more conscious choices and you you pick your spots more judiciously, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, you know, it's funny, I was just going to say to you, you know, a, a word that keeps coming up is judiciously and it's interesting that you've just said that as well. So what aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Um, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting around in my mind for the most, most mavericky. I suppose, um, you know, I have an innovation consulting business and, um, I do, I, as usual, I don't approach that market the way most innovation consultants approach that market. Okay. Uh, um, and, and it may not necessarily be all that financially <laughs> lucrative or successful, but nonetheless, I'm always seeking to invent new tools, techniques, and methodologies. And so um, I'm not standing pat on the, on the frameworks, tools, techniques, and, and, and processes that people are using now. I'm trying to take them up another level in order to create a point of difference between myself and other innovators. Okay. So, you know, that's one one example. Right. Um, what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Anything having to do with the government and taxes. Yep. Tax tax and finance. Because I one. just I I just don't want to innovate. I want to do it the same old, plain old, normal way everyone else does so yeah. that I don't attract any attention. It's really funny because I've, I've been, I was talking to um, somebody called Charles Day on Monday um, and he was saying, I was saying, I'm hoping that out of the 100 mm -hmm. I interview, one person's going to take on the tax system. And he said something really interesting, which was... Um, the thing is, he said it's about using your energy. You can. You, why would you use your energy on trying to change the tax system when you you could be using that energy to do something that's far more meaningful and worthwhile? And I thought, do you know, I hadn't thought about it like that. So what? Uh, yeah. So what aspects of your life are you most maverick in? Uh, another very good question. Aspects of my life I'm most maverick about. Um, I suppose that, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old, right? Okay. Uh, just to put that out on the table. Mm -hmm. um, and I think most people my age 
are pretty much set with their sets of friends and so forth. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, I think I'm still looking at everyone I meet as someone I might be friends with and, and maybe even for the rest of my life. Yeah, oh, lovely. And, and what aspects of your life are you least maverick in? You know, I try to have ethical behavior and in personal relationships and um you know so i don't i don't play with those typical rules there you know i i try to be very honest with people and i i try to um be very above board and very straightforward in personal relationships because that's just not the place to 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 break every rule okay so how do you balance being a maverick with home life It's difficult, to be honest. Okay. Um, you know, I've had um, great relationships in my life, and um, my home life now is basically my living alone, and I think that is a great thing for a maverick because okay. you, can, you can do exactly what you want when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the times in my life when I've lived with other people, um, you know, I've had varying degrees of success in terms of kind of managing home life with the need to innovate, with the need to to be different. Mm. Mm. Um, because, you know, I mean, even if you're married to another maverick, that can actually be worse than being married to someone who is kind of predictable and... Yeah, and more sort of um, conforming. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Uh, Yes. Um, You know, I mean, people seek to leave their mark in this world, and I would be most happy if, when I'm gone, that people would look at my life's work and what I have done and say, oh, that was interesting, that was different. Yeah. He made a contribute. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. How much, if anything, of being a maverick then is related to give back or pay it forward in some way? Well, it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a personal choice yes. uh, that I don't know if all mavericks make, but I, I personally make Okay. That, um, you know, when I when I wrote my book, I, I sort of made all the decisions based on my heart as opposed to what might be the best sort of business book to write to get me more business in the future. Yeah. But and, it, instead, I wrote a book that I thought was a concept for the masses. I tried to write a book about creativity. Uh, my, the name of my book was Jack's Notebook. Okay. It's a business novel about creative problem solving. And the reason I wrote it as a business novel, was to make the concepts more accessible to a broader group of people. So okay. that's a that's a to me that is a give back. Yes, I think I think you're right. And um, Greg, I don't know if anybody else will say this, but I never do anything unless it comes from my heart. And 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 yes, like you, if I, I know if I use my head, it'd be better in financial terms. But not being funny, that's not the way I choose to be in this world. So completely yeah, with no. you. Um, and it's a choice. It's, a, it's like anything else. It's a lifestyle choice. 
Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, doing a startup. Okay. Uh, I've been involved in seven startups in my career, and every one of them was a risk because, you know, you're basically working without pay mm -hmm. for months, even years at a time. Yeah. And that's a struggle sometimes. You know, sometimes um, startups pay off and sometimes they don't. Yeah. So, um, you know, it would have, the safer bet for me would have been to work for someone else. And I've just, in, at least in recent years, have not made that choice. I've made a choice to risk starting new enterprises. And it's, it's risky. Okay. How many ventures have you taken in the past five years? Well, um, one business venture in the last five years. Okay, uh, so how many projects have you and done? Pro I would say projects would be more like four. Okay. And what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project? Success according to Greg Fraley. Um, well... I was about to say that the vision that you had originally would, would work out, but then, then I, I'm quick to amend that and say that the vision that you had originally evolved into something productive. Okay. Okay. And of the four that you've done then um, in the last five years, how many were successful according to the definition you've just given me? I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, one definitely was not. So let's put, put one on the negative side okay. uh, right away. Uh, another, I would say, is successful. So one and one. Okay. Uh, the other two are still up in the air. Okay, fair enough. So what leads to successful execution of a venture? Well, a good idea. <laughs> it usually helps, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but not always, because mm. you almost almost always a good idea needs to be evolved and sometimes into something very different than you originally conceived. So yes. it, a good idea is where you start, but it's not where it ends. Mm -hmm. um, um, collaboration with people that you like to work with is really key, because doing something alone... Doing something major alone is almost impossible. You you really need help on various aspects of things. Okay. So collaboration is key, and for Maverick, sometimes that's not easy. Um, so you have to find people who are willing to go on that evolutionary journey of an idea as it morphs and changes and flexes to something that can be productive. Okay. And what did you do that makes the venture successful? What did you bring to the table? I'm constantly seeking to find the solution, so to speak. Okay. So, you know, creativity is one thing, but innovation is, is where you, an idea really gets put into the market. And even if it's a social innovation there is success there too and it's just not measured in dollars or, or pounds it's measured by you know who and how you help people okay um but the question was um what do you bring to the what table? do i contribute mm. uh, the solution seeking 
and mm-hmm. you know tools and techniques for solution seeking mm-hmm. and a, a I think a unique thing that I bring to the table is a wide knowledge of, of various um, domains. Okay. Um, you know, I know a little bit about everything. Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't mean to say that in any kind of bragging sort of way, but I, I read very widely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes able, I'm able to connect dots that no one else can because yes. they don't know the dots are out there. Exactly. How I describe that, okay, is a disparate connector. You mm-hmm. take totally disparate things and see connections that people can't see. Uh, you know, that has become the altar at which I worship in the last five to eight years. Okay. Because okay. I truly believe that um, mashups of, of dissimilar concepts and dissimilar trends and dissimilar you know, business uh, challenges is where breakthrough innovation lives. Completely, completely concur with you, Greg. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when a venture is unsuccessful, what would you consider the main reason for their failure? Generally speaking, mm-hmm. in inflexibility. Right. Someone has a concept of how it ought to go, and they're not willing to move away from that. Right, okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the same thing as everybody's afraid of, uh, you know, afraid of loss, afraid of failure. Um, and I think the difference between a maverick and other folks is that you face the risk and take it anyway. Yes. Okay. How important is team to you? Well, yeah, this relates to what we were just talking Mm. about, but having a a team that supports evolution of business concepts or anything you're working on is, Mm. is important because... You, you can't do it all yourself. So having a team in place that understands each other, understands each other's strengths and weaknesses, um, understands how each other thinks, mm-hmm. and under, understands, has a, has a shared, you know, mission and purpose is key to, to you know, implementing successful solutions. Okay. Do you draw upon other mavericks in any way? Do I draw upon them? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get inspired by, um, you know, some of the legendary business mavericks like Steve Jobs and mm-hmm. um, uh, the version guy, Richard. Um, yeah, I mean, amazing individuals and um, not satisfied with the typical thing and are able to reinvent, you know, even tired old things like the airline industry because they just don't accept the status quo and I I really respect and admire what they do. Okay. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? I didn't get permission to be a maverick. I took permission to be a maverick. Excellent. And being a, does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Uh, yes, it does. Um... <clears throat> You know, leadership is not always about being a maverick, right? I mean, 
um, leadership is a balance of, of asking people to do great things that stretch them, but you can't stretch people beyond where they're able to stretch. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to keep in mind that not everybody is like you and you have to hire people who deliberately who aren't like you. Exactly. Uh, because, um, you know, the, the natural inclination, uh, is to hire people who sort of mirror back to you your values and ideals and the way you think. But if you hire people like that and you have a team that's all like that, then you lack the diversity you need to, um, to solve complex problems. Is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how? You've been talking about this all the way through, actually. Sure. Yeah, it's endemic to the question. Um, no question about it. Um, okay. Yes, um, I mean creativity is novelty that's useful. Mm -hmm. So that's how I how it's been defined, and I accept that definition. Mm -hmm. So novelty means new, and new means change, and new and change and different mean having the moxie or or the chutzpah to. To try new things and to seek new things. Okay. And so that desire uh, from your spirit is the wellspring of creative thinking and eventually innovation. Right, because that, that answers my next question, which was about how is it related to innovation. So, Well, the analogy I use is going to the well, right? Okay. Creativity is, is the spring mm -hmm. where the water comes from. Okay. Innovation is bottled water. Really good analogy. I like that. Thank you. I like that. It's really funny. I'm actually going to be interviewing Happy Walter next week, so in a couple of weeks, so that should be good. Interesting. Um, are there any career decisions that you regret as they relate to your potential as a maverick? Oh, you know, um, Early on, I, w I, I was in the television industry. That was my first business, really. Oh, okay. Um, when I was, generally speaking, in the entertainment business for the first 10 years or so of my business career, mm -hmm. bouncing from the movie, movie industry, um, movie theater industry, I should say, to, mm -hmm. to photography and advertising and into uh, cable television. And I eventually bailed from that industry because I couldn't break through the the ceiling that got me to a better paying job. Okay. And I think if I stuck it out another couple of years, I probably would have broken through, but I got impatient with it and decided to get into software because it would be more immediately lucrative. So I made the change for money. Okay. And I, you know, sometimes I regret that. I don't regret making the change because it led to some really interesting things and yeah. wider knowledge and wider expertise. But, um, you know, I, I often look back and think, hmm, maybe I just should have stuck it out. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Uh, well, uh, I'm a student of particular things and I'm a student of everything. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, one can go too far almost with general knowledge, but um, I read very widely on all sorts of subjects. Um, yeah. 
But the things I'm particularly interested in are creativity, innovation, um, process, mm -hmm. tools. Uh, but I'm also very interested in comedy and storytelling, and I'm interested in um, biology. Um, very interested in plants and trees and, and how things grow. So those are the you know the areas of interest I have. Okay, um, that explains a few things. Is is you've already answered the next question um, when you said about is there anybody who's a maverick that inspires you? And you said um, Jobs and Branson. Yes. So who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? I'm thinking. I know you're it's, thinking. Um, I don't know if there's one person mm -hmm. who's made all the difference. Um, I think I think my, my friends over the years... Yeah. Uh, have have all made you know contributions to you know how I think and and to my life and you know I so appreciate that yeah okay um, you know I had some mentors very early on that maybe would be if there was one person uh, there was a man that I knew when I was in my twenties yeah and he he opened my eyes to some things um, that broadened my thinking. Uh, right. His name was Bill McGrain, and he was a self-esteem expert. Okay. And he, he said something very interesting to me. He said, you can be an expert at anything if you read six books on it. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's interesting because most people define an expert as somebody who has a PhD. Yeah. Now you don't have but, to. But, but in a way, he was right because an expert can also be defined as someone who knows more than most people about a subject. You read six books on any subject, you're an expert compared to most people. Yeah, I think the expert word sits on a continuum and it kind of depends on you're going to be less of an expert than somebody who's read eight books, but you might be more of an expert than somebody who's read none or seven. Yeah, yeah. the other thing this guy said to me, which was sort of maverick encouraging, if you will, was he said, you know, never be afraid to pick up the phone or go to someone and knock on their door and just talk to them and ask them questions. Completely and, and, you know, up until that point, I'd been a bit afraid to do that mm. and never even thought of it as a possibility. But then I started, you know, after he said that, he said, well, there's no reason I can't call that guy and just ask him 20 questions about, you know, how he runs that film processing company of his. Exactly. Um, my, do you know how my mum told me, Greg? My mum's very kind of like, she just knows her stuff. And she turned around and she brought us up to say, um, she said, everybody wheeze and poos the same. That's all you need to remember in life. And I thought to myself, <laughs> Do you know what? All the things she told me that I, at the time, didn't get now make sense. And what you've just said about just picking up the phone. I mean, when we finish the interview, I'll tell you the kind of people who have said yes since, yeah. since I emailed you. And it's, it's getting, um, I don't even know how I'm doing it, but it's happening. So it's interesting. So what do you have to sacrifice or suffer because you're a maverick? Approval. Okay. Um, you know, um, people, you know, when you, when, there's this 
sort of cowboy metaphor, if you will, that goes along with being a maverick. And yeah. this is how I think about it sometimes. Okay. You know, in a, in a cowboy movie, sometimes, you know, the maverick has to, to saddle up on a horse and go somewhere alone to do something, <clears throat> you know, to rescue someone or whatever, yeah. right? And when you saddle up, not, not everybody's happy about that. No. You know, people people don't want you to take the risk. People would prefer you stay the same way that you have always been or yeah. how they've known you. And there's a certain set of expectations that your your friends and your family and your network of associates have about you. Mm. And when you make a change, and Mavericks are always making changes. Yes. Um, sometimes people wave goodbye and they and they mean so long forever sayonara yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so initially sometimes it's just approval um, uh, so that's why that, that word came up for me straight away yeah. is you have to be willing to not always have approval to do things differently true what motivates you as a maverick accomplishment okay you know, getting something done uh, that's interesting and different and um, fun. Okay. This isn't one of my quest- standard questions, but I have to ask you, okay, because my heart says asking. So what's your biggest accomplishment? Well, that's a great question. Um, I would say getting my book done. Okay. And published. Excellent. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Sure it is. Um, you know, part of being the way, you know, I am, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is, is learning not just about the world, but learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So when you try new things, you, you learn what you're capable of. Sometimes you learn that you can't do something because you're not capable of it. Or you're sometimes not capable you, Sometimes of you it. learn that you can. And, and sometimes you have to learn that you're not capable of it yet. Right, exactly. Do you like being a maverick, Greg? Oh, yeah, sure, I love it. Wouldn't be any other way. Is, there, is being a maverick a responsibility in any way? Yeah, I think so. Um, How you know, so? Well, uh, you know, men, so we talked about teams and mm-hmm. leadership before. Uh, you know, when you're doing anything kind of big, uh, there's always other people involved. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're taking somebody on that that trip, on that journey, then you you best make some good bets and do your best to to lead them somewhere interesting and someplace fun and, and hopefully get, you know, finish the journey, um, you know, safely. Okay. Is being a maverick important and why? Well, yeah, I think it's important. I I think um, human progress is measured by people who make positive change. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think Mavericks are the people who instigate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, now you've done this interview, how Maverick are you? 
I'd say a nine. Nine's good. What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they can be the best possible maverick they can be? Uh, have bona fide skills. Okay. What do you do to promote or serve other people to be mavericks? Um, well, you know, part of my, part of my professional work is communicating a message of creativity and innovation. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's who I am as a speaker and a writer. Okay. And so that's how I encourage other people to, you know, make the creative choice, if you will, and make the, the innovative and get the innovative results um, by making more creative choices as they go through their, their lives and work. And how do you serve yourself? You know, the way I serve myself most is by having an interesting life. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah, wonderful. What's your biggest ambition right now, Greg? Well, I, I hope to um, make a, a bigger success out of the, uh, the the venture that I'm working on now, which is Kiln. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiln is the company that I started in London uh, four and a half years ago with okay. my partners, Indy Niogi and uh, Kate Hammer. You know, we're three thought leaders and we've come up with some interesting new tools and techniques and products. And so... Uh, We've, we're getting them sort of verified by the market as we speak and right. as they become more verified as being um, efficacious, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. um, it, we should have more commercial success. So, so I hope to get that at a different level and I hope to complete another book or two. Okay, wonderful. Interest, interesting um, aspirations. If you wanted to do something different in life, what would that be? Um, well, you know, most of my life I've been forced to make a living, um, (laughs) by, you know, working for other folks Mm -hmm. in some fashion, either as a consultant or directly as an employee. And, you know, if I could just wave a magic wand and do anything I wanted, Mm -hmm. I probably, um, with, without sacrificing (laughs) my lifestyle completely, um, I, I would, you know, just sit at home and write fiction. Okay. Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Daredevil. Really? Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of Daredevil comic book. And okay. so um, the, the Daredevil's motto is, is the man without fear. Okay, so you want to be the man without fear? I do. Okay. I don't think I, like I that. quite Maybe am. said that. <laughs> I'm sorry? Um, I really like that. I haven't had anybody else say that. Well, he, you know, do you know the the origin story of Daredevil? No, I don't. Please tell me. I'm a ma- I'm a I'm crazy about comic book stuff. I love well, X Men. Daredevil, in my view, is one of the underrated comic book heroes. But okay. um, it's a wonderful comic book series. But the the origin is is he becomes blind at a very young age. Mm-hmm. But he, as a result of some sort of chemical um, explosion or something. He is developed virtual radar. Okay. 
Joey's like a bat, and so he can he can do things that that, that even seeing people can't do. Okay. Um, so, but he, you know, obviously is fearless because he's going through life blind, but doing all these incredible things in spite of it. Right. Um, the mo- the movie with um, uh, uh, um, Af- Ben Affleck was yeah. reasonably good. It wasn't. It, 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 and unfortunately, it didn't quite meet my expectations, but, yeah. but it wasn't bad. Okay, I've got an idea for you, but let me finish the interview, right? Sure. What do you do for fun? Uh, storytelling, um, good food and wine, mm-hmm. uh, walking through the woods. Yeah, always cathartic. Mm-hmm. Okay, final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, you didn't ask me any questions about sex. No, I kind of thought all the guys might think I'm just trying to hit on them, so I, went, I, I, I left that one out. Ah, uh, well, see, now I would, I would wish that you know folks would ask about it. <laughs> well, this this girl's not asking you about that. So uh, thank you for letting me interview you. 